Fair 515, Albuquerque Center, Roger, climb and maintain 13,000. Riding down a trail to Albuquerque, saddlebags all filled with beans and Welcome to the City on the Edge podcast with your hosts, Nora Hickey, Mike Smith, and Ty Bannerman. Looks much like Los Angeles to me. City on the edge. 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 City on I'm Nora Hickey, older, more bloated, but excited oh. to be back. <laughs> and these are my co-hosts, Ty Bannerman. Hey, also old and bloated. <laughs> and Mike Smith. Hey, in the same club and sick. Hi. Less, less so. <laughs> Mike, right. you're just sick with what's probably COVID, but isn't a yeah. COVID. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, it was... It's fun when you when you uh, have all the symptoms and then don't get the positive test so you can <laughs> get the sympathy. You don't get the cred. Man, when people are going to be doing a podcast on our podcast in like 100 years, oh, yeah. they're going to note, you know, That's these so markers funny. of the COVID <laughs> times, the testing. Right. That could be totally true. I like yeah. that. Honestly. They'll like, be like, um, we're doing a podcast on every Albuquerque podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Still sad for them. They're uh, they're gonna, they're gonna get to uh, yeah. I feel like no we thanks. owe everyone some sort of explanation. <laughs> what do you guys think? Like it's been a while, like nine months, ten months. Yeah. Has so, it has it really been that long? Oh my gosh! I think it's been nine months since um, the last one was published. Are you serious? Why does this? That doesn't That's seem right. Wild. I don't. Yeah. But here we are birthing <laughs> a new episode after nine months of oh wow oh, that's how long i'm not happy with this uh imagery <laughs> sorry no one will like this yeah um, um but what, maybe what, we what should would just you pretend... say what was the reason why why did we take a big long break just needed it what was it um i i went through some over the last i feel like months. it was the world a bit right i the mean world. what was our last episode what was it yeah, I don't really remember. Uh, that's a hard. We, a recent, yeah. I remember we did the tacos one. Maybe it was, that was good. about tacos. We were like <laughs> tacos. That's the end. We're done. Um, <laughs> she reached the. That was the history of the Sandia Tram. I think that was pretty good. But the taco one. Oh yeah, was the previous one. Um. But yeah, I like the history of the Sandia tram. That was that was fun, and I like the tacos. We had tacos, cults, and starvation. Me too. I don't know what the hell? <laughs> That's right. I can't remember our episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think uh, the world just uh, stuff. Um, I uh, mm-hmm. I got kind of I got kind of depressed myself, you know, for a bit there, like a. Um. So that's my excuse. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't really remember the last nine months. I mean, well, we were driving along that one road and we saw that light and then, uh, <laughs> that's uh, right. No. Yeah. And then I downloaded no. all the knowledge <laughs> and then I lost it all. Yeah. There were, there was an owl. I remember. I think it was a real owl and not something yeah. my memory had put there. Um, so what are we talking about today? Okay, so uh, yes. this article is called Seven Springs and All the Springs, and it's about the springs of the Sandia Mountains. So we talked and, uh, kind of generally first okay. about springs in sure, yeah. New Mexico, maybe? I mean, I don't really have anything to add, but maybe if you have um, some thoughts. Well, um, you know, it's just uh, a lot of towns in New Mexico, I mean, were founded because there was a spring there, basically, you know? Um, yeah. If you uh, drive east of here, there's like Milagro that was, uh, you know, founded when uh, a wagon train of Hispanic wagoneers, you know, found a little spring when they desperately needed one. Okay. And whole parts of Albuquerque, what's going on? Oh, and whole parts of Albuquerque, um, you know, were founded because they had a water source. The Southeast Heights were known for their tall grass and um, for a watering hole that's now part of a golf course down there. Uh -huh. um, you know, and uh, the Sandias were the same, but they used to have so many more. There used to just be uh, springs all over and they would flow out and combine into streams and into uh, Creek, Terrace Creek and go down to the river. And unfortunately in our age of global warming and uh extreme conditions um a lot of those have gone away and yeah. uh it's just not quite what it used to be anymore but uh there's there's a lot of good stuff written about these springs but a lot of it is old and out of print a major source for me on this book was uh for on this article was this one here what's this it is called? exactly 100 years old this book what is by it robert called? ellis it's uh geology of the sandia mountains from 1922 mm. and uh yeah. yeah robert ellis printed from the same printer i noticed who printed the uh flyers for the old cedar crest resort um that same, would be the ellis uh, ellis of the ellis ranch right mm -hmm. oh yeah he's definitely in that family and uh and this copy i have was owned by mrs kelly it says who that must be uh uh she must have been vincent kelly's wife i'm guessing uh who was the geologist that all that stuff on UNM campus is named after. Oh, wow. um, this is another. In fact, Vincent Kelly wrote this one with Stuart Northrup, who also has stuff named after him on campus. What's the, what's the title of that one? This one is Geology of the Sandia Mountains and Vicinity, New Mexico. Okay. This one's 1975. Also good on that. Um, what else do I have here? Well, those are the best. Oh, this is. This is uh, mentions the springs, fiestas of our mountain villages, written by some kids in the 1950s. Mm. Uh, it's kind of an APS project, nice. and it's a, it's one of the great resources of that era of the mountains. It's just, which is oh. crazy because it's written by school kids, and uh, it would make a, a really interesting episode all on its own. I'm sold already. You, like, yeah, school kids in you, the 1950s writing about their mountain villages. Right. Amazing. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. You can find reprints. It gets reprinted once in a rare while. Um, and uh, it's, um, I, which is great because, yeah, 1955. 
Um, but do you remember we did that episode on Juan Tomas and on a woman that wrote a book called Pack Rat School that was a teacher out there? Yes, right. Okay, and, so that's um, the open space. Um, if you yeah. go south on Highway 14, right, right, uh, you take a left on. I can't remember the name, but you can find it. It's, yeah. it's is it called the Juan Tomas open open space? I think it might be now, but it's also a little. It was named after John Thomas, a bean farmer okay. out there. Um, but uh, the the woman who wrote Pack Rat School and uh, and um, taught out there, she I'm trying to find her name on here, but she helped facilitate this as well. It was a really okay. great yeah. force in local education and and. Uh, yeah, it's anyway, called Juan Tomas um, Open Space. It's the site of this little town. Okay. Um, yeah. That you're talking about. Also, there was right. a uh, church. One but, of the uh, springs that I've been like sort of fascinated by is a like, Coyote Springs. Oh. Are you familiar with that one? That's on the. Um, it's on a. It's on the land of the uh, Kirtland Air Force Base. But uh, oh, oh, really yeah, important. where the old mineral water bottling plant was. Yeah, totally. Oh. I would love to see that. There's an old school out there still. I mean, it's an intact ghost town eventually. Uh, right. I mean, essentially. See, that's COVID, switching words around that sound like it. I never used to do that. I would like, yeah. I would fumble for the wrong word, but it wouldn't usually be something that sounded like it. Ugh. I do that all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, me too. We've probably all had some strain. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like before moving to New Mexico, I didn't really know what a spring was. Yeah. And that they were hot and cold. Ah, oh, true. Yes, hot. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Well, you're from uh, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I mean, surely there's, yes, there's springs there, but they wouldn't be as important, right? Because right. it's just wet. And there's like a lake. Right. Not, there's a lake near Milwaukee. Lake Milwaukee. Yes. I, I Quite was... a big lake. It should be named Lake Milwaukee. What is it Thank called? you. It's a, lake a great lake, right? Yeah. <laughs> um yes it is. Oh, like it's just like michigan but yeah so uh, uh, yeah. when i uh, grew up in houston same kind of thing like we we have the gulf so that's a bunch of water right there and then we have bayous everywhere right. like, you just don't really think and i'm sure springs were way more important in places like that uh last century right. early last century but here any any sort of running water is such a novelty. Um, right. Mm -hmm. And then with all the geologic activity in our, in our state, you have a lot of places where it's, you know, it's bubbling true. out from just some rock or it's hot, like you said, or right. what have you. Yeah. I used to um, always drink out of Springs. I don't know. Nice. I had this idea that. Is there a rule totally... of thumb to do that or. Um, I would say don't listen to my rules of thumb about it. I figured if you drank out close uh, to the source, you'd be okay. But then I got Jardy, so um, and that was a oh terrible experience. So whatever uh, my yeah. rules of thumb are, don't listen to them because I've never done it again. Uh, uh, you know, I would say purify your water if you need yeah. to drink out of a spring. You should still purify it, but it was the best, you know, getting a getting a few drinks of water from, mm -hmm. from right next to a spring yeah. and it's so cold and it tastes so good um and you I mean, know, magic awesome. is real that's as close to it as you can get i mean yeah. this elemental source bubbling up from the ground you know that's like right. 
I think it's generally safe to drink from a spring unless it's like there's arsenic or something in the rock or something or like, I mean, or it's been defiled by animals or whatever. I mean, yeah, that's why people used to build little stone houses around them and right, right, all yeah. that. But, um, like I said, uh, my like, example, oh, I let my example right. stand. Uh, to you should at least have a be very cautious yeah. about it because Jardia sucks, right. Yeah, it does. Plus, the doctor will call it beaver fever, and it's really not funny. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of makes me laugh. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was making fun of me, It's terrible stuff. Yeah. Um, Um, Well, um, springs are great still, but yeah, the uh, um, but the 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 history of this area, like so many of the place names, so many of the towns, like why they even exist, is you know, because there, there was a spring there. I mean, you had to have a, a water source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, what are you going to do? Still, yeah. They're still important to people. I mean, uh, the Catholic church has religious processions up in the mountains on that. They walk to the sources of the springs, yeah. um, like at the San Antonio open space, the little San Antonio church there, they have the Machatinas dances and, and, uh, and uh, have pilgrimages up to the source of the springs, but lately it's just been along a dry route. Okay, and, uh, you know that it's um, but uh, I mean it's, a... it's amazing. What's that? Let's say uh, generally called like an ojo, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, which Spanish also means eye, which is so yeah. cool. And uh, yeah, like there's ojo de la Casas up in um at by Placidas. That's one of the little towns up there, which is means uh a spring what is it uh house of the spring or spring of the spring of the house oh yeah a spring of the house um because they had to build a little uh shelter around it to stop cows from trampling in it hmm. and uh yeah and it's just i mean it's essentially rainwater and snow melt and they fill up the aquifer until it's saturated and then it has to bubble up somewhere and it finds a crack in the ground oh, and right. uh and then you have a spring and then mm. you get enough of those and, you know, you get some streams and, and it, that's where it all comes from, mm-hmm. I guess. It's kind of amazing. Beautiful. But anyway, I, I get into that in this article a little bit. Um, Let's hear it. All right. Should I read this thing? Okay. Uh, Seven Springs and All the Springs by Michael Farrell Smith. And I wrote this for Each Mountain Living, which um, is available in throughout the Sandias. Um, and this will be out pretty soon. This is a fresh one. Um, all right. Longtime area locals might remember the late Bob Odette, Mr. Route 66, who lived in a folksily decorated house beside a rusted railroad boxcar prison holding a stuffed dummy of Billy the Kid over towards Cedillo, and who did an untold amount of work to promote historic Route 66 in our part of New Mexico. I interviewed him once in his home, haha, encircled by framed posters of pinup models holding machine guns, and learned a lot from him about a certain spot in Tejeras Canyon, typically passed by fast on I-40, it had long intrigued me, the Seven Springs Resort. Bob Odette had once been its manager. I think I first encountered the ruins of this resort as a teenager in the 1990s while wandering the length of Teharis Creek with friends on a cloudless day, a fresh mountain air helping muffle the semi-distant freeway's noise into a hush, poking around a nearby site that features a distinctive cliff, rutted remnants of an old stagecoach road, remnants of an early bend of old Route 66, and the concrete buttresses of a Route 66 bridge once featured on postcards. Wandering further along the creek and seeing dry, cracked concrete ponds, a psychedelically painted gazebo, and what appeared to be a small graveyard, crosses. 
I know for sure when I saw the place next as a young man with my younger brother at night, having walked down from a gate across a dirt road. During that visit, everything there seemed creepy. A metal noose hung from a leafless tree, the words help me appearing as if frantically finger painted on a broken down car's chrome bumper. But we pressed on, compelled by youthful motives no longer so easy for me to feel. Like, it's just so easy to stay home and not tromp around some creepy place in the dark. Still, there's no denying such thrills. Later in daylight, much of the mystery of the place dissolved, but I saw that lives had happened there, and really the whole place was a mystery. These ponds, paths, murals, the gazebo, this area is way back behind and below the building on the south side of I-40 near Carnwell and Harris Canyon, a building that is now a tap room, but that for many years had been the Canyon de Carnway land grant office. I once climbed a tall billboard near there when young to see if I could do it, and standing above the canyon on a steep hill atop a transparent platform on stilts, I saw all this area spread out below the thrum of traffic and the remains of this unique resort. I want to talk about this resort, but then also to talk about the resort's namesake, the Springs, Seven Springs of the Sandias, or many more than seven, and about the larger realm of flowing waterways of, especially in this examination, the east side of the Sandia Mountains. Mountains riven by arroyo networks, some arroyos containing small streams, most seasonal. And yes, all this has been a soft lead, like a meandering waterway, to talking about the Sandia Mountain Springs and their streams that, in wetter years, not every year, not most years, lately, sadly, contribute their water to Harris Creek, which flows down to the Rio Grande, which in wetter years, not so often anymore with the river's water rights being over allotted and there rarely being as much water as hoped for. And with the steady human caused warming of the planet flows all the way to its Delta and the Gulf of Mexico, all the way to the great global ocean. We're all part of some really big stories here. Even the little springs we drive past or hike past or walk to in a procession, they're part of the biggest story on earth precipitation, the story of water arriving into their spring forms as rain and snowmelt, having already traveled the global circuits since even before there was a globe, no planet, just atmosphere, ice specks in a cosmic cloud, no sun, an estimated 4.6 billion years ago. That's when the internet tells me Earth's water likely came into existence. And when that water would later rain or snow down onto mountains in central New Mexico, soaking the ground, greening the high desert, and filling springs, and then those springs would flow into streams, which flowed into the creek, which the Seven Springs Resort was a place 1950s and 60s parents could take their kids to do a little childproof fishing from a series of stocked concrete ponds and enjoy whatever other entertainment and concessions were available. There were many such little spots along old Route 66. Jerry Goins, a longtime area local, once recounted to me a fun trip he made there with his dad. Young Jerry photographed afterward grinning with a string of fish he had caught. Bob Odette told me the resort died when the ponds cracked and stopped holding water though the owners made desperate attempts to repair the ponds and keep going. Without water, though, it was doomed. Geology of the Sandia Mountains, a detailed map-assisted 1922 monograph by Robert W. Ellis, says, Mountain springs are abundant and well-distributed and are utilized to a great extent by the general economic activities of the region. They are more numerous on the east side of the mountains than on the west. Almost every canyon on the east slope cuts into the water-bearing rocks and is thus supplied. The presence of these springs is indispensable to the herding industry in the mountains and on adjacent territory, as well as to the maintenance of permanent settlements in the valleys to the east. The water is often conducted far from its source by means of ditches or through iron pipes scarcely buried beneath the surface. Robert Julian and Mary Stuver's 2005 Field Guide to the Sandia Mountains adds, water necessary for life also has shaped the topography of the Sandias and determined where people have settled and how they have used the mountains. As rain and snow fall on the Sandias, the water wears away the rock through erosion. The water also finds a way into or between rock layers and begins to travel down through the mountain to the level of the surrounding plains. 
This underground water can be forced upward and onto the surface to form a spring. There are many springs fed seasonally by snowmelt on the mountain's east flank because the water is following along the rock layers that are tilted to the east. A few have actively formed deposits of travertine, rock produced by the evaporation of water containing dissolved limestone. These mountain springs, at least one of them once bubbling 40 or more gallons of water up from the ground every minute, were once the most important spots in our area, and maybe they will be again in some quieter future. They're certainly important now to the plants and animals who drink from them and their streams, and to the villagers who still, when the water is flowing, use spring water from acequias to irrigate crops and gardens. San Antonio's acequias have been in use since 1819 and were in existence long before that, previously maintained by ancestral Puebloans. And in the 1800s, locals would reportedly lift up wooden trap doors in their kitchen and ladle up some cold mountain spring water on demand. And at least one area a farm family would float its apples down from what's now the San Antonio open space to what's now North 14 to get them to market. Today, San Antonio's spring is often dry, but once a year, hopeful churchgoers still make formal processions to San Antonio's spring, singing. The Seven Springs Resort has sadly gone away, faded into history as just another ephemeral roadside curiosity. But much sadder, also gone, or at least dry right now, are the springs of its namesake. Still, they may come back, as that seems to be the way of Desert Springs. It all reminds me of another now long ago time, exploring another site along to Harris Creek in the wrecked shell of a single wide mobile home a shell later towed away, in which I saw letters strewn throughout the place, all pleading with a young person named Spring to please come home. Yes, Spring, come home. Better yet, all the springs. Bubble up and flow down. This mountain world is at its best when you're here. We miss you when you're gone. We miss you all. A total bummer. I know. Poignant. I know. It's kind of, it's a lost one. And somehow all in the house started making crazy noise while I was reading that and the neighbors doing a buzzsaw. I think that's just a given. I I couldn't hear the buzzsaw. I didn't hear too much noise. I didn't hear the buzzsaw. I heard some kids squeaking. Oh my gosh. At one point, but... Oh, okay. All right. So, man, a real lost world. A portrait of a lost world. Right. Right, right. Yeah. There's more in this on the... uh, that one place than i thought but but um that's an interesting site too that seven springs is there any remnants um, of it oh tons it's really interesting i'm sure it's all on private property but it's very interesting or some restricted property but i don't know you got to explore terrace canyon terrace canyon is so um, interesting i haven't been over in that area i i was at terrace canyon this morning um walking walking my dog you um, walk over by Little Beaver Town, right? Right, area. yeah. Right. Down to the river. Well, it's right. not a river right now. It's just, it's a dry right. place where a river used to be. Like so you, you mean Harris Creek? Yeah, T. Harris Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creek, yeah. Which oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I love the canyon. It's great. I mean, there are postcards in the early 1900s that are like, the Garden of the Gods. Let's go visit the yeah. Garden of the Gods. You know, it was beautiful boulders and streamside reeds right. and creekside reeds and and uh you know carnwell was such a picturesque town with goat herding and all that stuff and the freeway just just destruction just utter yeah. destruction just like the modern world just shoved it all aside you know like right. hey, you know, we gotta have uh billboards mm-hmm. and freeways and right throw chemicals now yeah i mean i i i, I still like it and there's still I tried to section hike all of Terrace Creek once with somebody and uh, made it to the edge of Kirtland. Yeah. And uh, so I guess we did. I guess we, but um, 
Uh, and so we walked from San Antonio Spring uh, along down San Antonio, uh, that down that stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then we walked to Harris Canyon to uh, Kirtland. But then it was like, can't really do anything once, you know, you can get shot mm-hmm. for walking. Something. Don't do, yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah. But- and it's kind of a, it gets a little dull the closer you get to Kirtland too, right? Like it's just well, developments. Is Mad Max dull? I don't know. That there's like <laughs> some there's some crazy like no man's land type stuff around yeah. there. There I remember once finding a castle made of shopping carts and tarps and nets and stuff. And it was just like five stories tall and I could tell there were people inside it. Holy shit. And uh it was like the biggest like homeless structure I've ever seen. Wow shooting areas one time there was the contents of a little girl's bedroom just everything just dumped yeah. in bags i'm like yeah. this definitely a lot kid of trash. murdered Ugh. yeah but i mean like crime scene oh god trash is what it felt like to me i mean and also just gang tags everywhere and yeah. you can tell like we're being watched right now at this part and uh and it's there's just a it's a really interesting strange area That's um true. but uh yeah i don't know it's well, I was this um, one of the lesser, even though it was commercialized, was it one of the lesser known springs in the Sandias? Oh, the Seven Springs Resort. Well, I mean, supposedly they had water from Seven Springs that flowed down. Um, they uh, that converge. And, yeah. And they all like kind of I mean, you know, that who knows, maybe they just I, like I was trying to ascertain what the seven were and my problem right. was there were just way more than seven i could i um so seven's uh, just a good number yeah People maybe just they just were like i don't know a bunch but seven's the best sounding and a number. good alliteration right yeah seven right springs. it does sound nice seven springs um and uh i mean and i hope they come back i think they probably will someday i mean cl- climate changes and right and and uh you know maybe maybe uh we'll have some future wet seasons up there you know now this is but, not uh, carlito spring that might that might have been one of them yeah which would have been whitcomb back then and oh no no right. no no it would have been carlito probably um that's the uh that's also an open space but it's uh it's been closed for a while there's a big resort yeah, that, over there carlito right oh man too I was just going to say, I don't know much about that. Do you, Mike? I could tell you about that. I well, That's what I got into when I was looking up Springs, is well, Whitcomb, cool. yeah. Carlito oh. Springs. Let's get that's into a it. super interesting area. Yeah, do you know well, anything you want to... Not basically that um, a, a guy, Whitcomb, <laughs> right. came... Uh, Mike is going to know more, but um, I got into a bit of the open space cultural landscape report i don't know who it was written by it was very interesting i was like i wonder if mike wrote this but um <laughs> <laughs> that he um horace greenwood whitcomb came in may of 1882 and he lived in a tent in what would become whitcomb slash carlito springs and made irrigation canals you know worked the land and then it became this popular camp basically. Um, and it sounds like it, after he passed in the early 1900s, it changed hands and ownership. And it's a bit confusing to follow, but like the Kelleher family 
Mm -hmm. Uh You know, that um, big Albuquerque family, uh, it it came into their ownership. But what I noticed more, and Mike, you probably know more about his story. And it also sounds like he has some interesting personal drama with a wife left behind who he said was dead, but then was really alive. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I know that the guy he's Keep going, sorry. No, basically, he first said his wife had passed, but then he posted in one of the um, newspapers in 1893 in the Albuquerque Daily Citizen, he posted notice of his divorce from his wife, who oh. he had originally said was dead. And Whoa. Married um, and at Mrs. S. Parker at Whitcomb hmm. Springs. That's fascinating. Yeah. I don't think I know that story. That's, that's really interesting. Um, I know that the guy who ran the uh, Albuquerque Tribune lived up there for a while. And that's what Carlito was named after his son, who I think died. Mm-hmm. Um, but he oh. was the guy behind the investigation of the Teapot Dome scandal, which is now just business as usual in politics, but <laughs> was a big deal back then. And uh, and then uh, two people from UNM, uh, Hodge and Tight, uh, Tight, who Tight's Grove at the corner of UNM and Central is named after. The they first uh, it for a while and called it. Well, as I said, the the president who brought uh, southwestern Pueblo style. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Architecture to UNM. Oh yeah. Yeah, they co-owned it and called it Hodge Tight Springs for a while. Um, there was a while where they were promoting the biggest tree in New Mexico up there, this gigantic juniper that was so huge. And I remember seeing it when it was dead, but I think it's been cut down since then. No, um, There's still old glass topped uh, insulated power lines um, running out there. There's a, I mean, it's a really fascinating area. When I was putting my book together, I was out there all the time because I have a few pages, a couple pages at least on it in there. Um, and the county at the time was like actively working to fix it up. But I think the same sort of thing happened up hmm. there that happened with the art project in town where it just became a corrupt uh, contractor thing. Because years later, they did a grand opening and they hadn't done any additional work on the, on the place itself. They had just boarded all the buildings up, built some new trails and stuff nearby. And uh, but at, they were mm. when I was going out there all the time, they were actively fixing up the old uh, ruins of of the the place, the buildings that were at, was out there. Like the oldest European date inscriptions that I can think of in the Sandias are probably there from that uh, Whitcomb guy. Um, they're carved deep wow. into the travertine of the buildings. It says 18 something. And uh, but um, I mean, it's a super interesting area. I used to know the gate code and could go there. Ugh, I'm sure that's changed. Oh my gosh. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but uh, I think there's a lot of, I mean, San Antonio Springs, another important one up in the mountains uh, that's right. still by the open space there. And, and uh, if you get the book, The River in Winter by Stanley Crawford, um, it talks about the locals having a standoff with developers there in the 90s and uh, super interesting area. Or if you watch the KNME documentary, The Sandias, uh, I talk about that spring in there a little bit. Oh, yeah. That's um, really cool. And uh, they show the old ranch house where the uh, people would float the apples down and stuff. But mm-hmm. that's been torn down since. Um What I love about the um, like early springs culture, it seemed like when, you know, Anglo citizens came to Albuquerque and made it these camps and how they put, I was finding they put in the paper, 
you know, the citizens who visited for a weekend or went oh, to right. meet another one. Right. So I just loved imagining these people, uh, like, each with their own crazy histories, you know, because I was looking up some of them to see who they were, and they just have right. various interesting stories. Um, That's true. We're all. Yeah. Yeah, no, no one's a blank, you know. It was wonderful <laughs> doing this again, and uh, 